I believe we are all hardwired to be creative. And the thing that makes us uniquely human is our creativity. Welcome to The Spark with Coco the Inspirationist. Join me for conversations with inspiring humans tapped into their creativity and solo chats as I get to know my own. Whether you're looking to spark inspiration, reconnect with your inner creative, or you're just starting to get to know your creative self, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Spark. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode eight. I'm Coco, the inspirationist. And if you're new here, thank you so much. Welcome. And if you're not new here, look at this. We made it to episode eight. Did you know that it is some sort of statistic that is out in the world and also taking up space in my head that says that most podcasts don't make it past episode seven? So, I'm here to celebrate this and and trust me when I tell you I know exactly the content for the next like 32 episodes so we're doing just fine over here and today the conversation is with Chrissy Marie it's incredible I just listened through to it again and oh my gosh there was nothing to edit out it was the most nourishing and life-giving conversation at least for me And I'm assuming that if you're here and you're liking the things I'm talking about on social, then you're going to love it too. And by the way, if you're not following along on social, I'm over on Instagram. I've actually made a conscious decision to only show up on Instagram because this is a little inside baseball behind the business scenes, but I, I just don't believe we have to be everything to everyone and be everywhere. So instead, as I build this business, as I build my platform and my mission and this community, I want to be super intentional about where I spend my time and my energy. So I've decided that Instagram is it for me. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not really on Facebook, although my Instagram's pushing my content over there, some of it. I just... I want to connect with you. Like, that's the most important thing here is connection for me. And actually, this morning I was thinking about, I had just painted a golf ball. I don't know if you saw it on my feed from last week, but taking inspired action and doing the thing that the idea that came down in a relatively quick amount of time and then sharing it with you guys, that feels so good to me. So good to me. And I'm hoping that when I do share those those creativity moments, those sparks of inspiration, when I share the journey of the idea, all of that, I hope that that inspires you to go ahead and do the same, right? That's my hope here. And I thought to myself, what's my job? Like, what is it that I'm doing here? If I were to boil it down, like super simple and it's connection. I want to create connection between you and me in as many ways as possible so that I can create a channel to get my message through to you, that you have a creative self and I want to be the person that invites you, gives you permission to lean into that because I promise you the more you lean in, I have noticed that the more I lean in, the more incredible things happen, the more my ideas start to string together, and the more things are making more sense, and ideas get to be pulled forward and come into bigger existence. That wouldn't happen if I didn't say yes so much. Anyways, I'm on Instagram at Coco the Inspirationist. Come on over and say hello and see some of the things I've been up to. It's It's been a really fun time. I, I feel like I've opened the doors over the last month really into this community and I'm seeing new faces and I'm, I'm hearing new voices and making new connections and that just fills me up so much. So thank you. Thanks for being here. And thanks for allowing me to take up some of your time because I know your time's precious. So thank you. So we have Chrissy Marie on the podcast today. She is such a light. 
I, you guys are going to love our conversation. It's interwoven into it is a lot about play. And she is an inner child's energy alchemist. She's an advanced spiral practitioner, a breathwork facilitator, and founder of the Art of Aliveness podcast. She specializes in supporting high-achieving healers and heart-centered facilitators rewild their inner child. Oh, doesn't that feel good? Don't you want to rewild your inner child with her? She facilitates slow living and amplifying abundance by living a life rooted in play. Her magic merges cutting-edge emotional clearing work embodiment practices, humor, and authentic relating to bring a safe, warm, and lighthearted flavor to transformation. Chrissy draws on her trauma-informed training and background as a clinical social worker, behavioral specialist, and transformational leadership mentor. A core philosophy of her work is that all of you is allowed. Her clients will tell you that they come to her for her authenticity and freedom, and they stay with her because they unlock their own. She was such a joy to talk to. I felt this connection that I've known her for a really long time. You know that special connection you have with certain people? I have it with her. She came into my social media orbit. I started, you know, enjoying her content, and I immediately just knew she was my type of person, and I had to have her on for you guys. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation. If you do, take a screenshot, tag us in it, and put it on your stories. I would love to see your reactions to this episode. It's so good. Get out there and play. Do something fun and enjoy. Let's dive in. space with me. I really appreciate it. I'm actually super excited to have you on because uh, you're the first person that like speaks to some of the things that I really believe in, like play and just creativity in general. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive in. I've had some people on so far that um, kind of didn't even realize they were creatives. Like I can, I feel like I have special glasses that I can like spot creative people, even if they don't necessarily see themselves as like an active creative person, like they're like, oh, I used to do this or I used to do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's still all right there. It's still all right there, like right under the surface. But with you, like, I'm really excited to dive in. So if you could introduce yourself, that would be awesome to get us going. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm also very excited to be here. My name is Chrissy Marie, and I do lots of things. I'm always, uh, I struggle with bios because I, I'm like, I am a multidimensional human and creator, and I can't be put in a box. Um, Same. But, and, <laughs> and I do a lot of play work. I do a lot of work with people who, like you've met, don't consider themselves to be creative, but want to reignite that spark within themselves. And I support people in taking themselves way less seriously and opening up their creative potential by doing lots of inner child healing, lots of play work and much more. <laughs> what do you mean specifically? Can you give us an example of play work? Yeah. Yeah. So that's okay. Okay. So that that's going to need a whole bit of unpacking. Sure, uh, let's get because, let's get into it. <laughs> great. So play is such a nuanced word because it means something different for everybody, and we all have different associations and conditionings connected to what play is. And so, one of the biggest what I found with the, with the people that I work with, one of the biggest hurdles to playing for most people is the definition that they're holding of play in their minds and the way that they're comparing their capacity to meet that definition to other people. And so for me, play is anything that brings you into the present with a state of curiosity and wonder and experimentation. And that could be as simple as exploring a rock you just found in your backyard and staring at the crevices and the colors to having a game night with your friends or playing dress up. <laughs> like it could be anything. It is so subjective and it's 
quite liberating and easy to access once you recognize how subjective it actually is. Right. That's so interesting because um, I feel deeply what you're saying and kind of the language I, I use in my kind of world around it is I believe strongly in uh, three things. Well, four things. I think everybody has a creative self, like full stop. It's what makes us uniquely human. And Mm -hmm. once people can identify that, I kind of grew up with the programming of like, these people were creative and then these people were not. And it's just like, that's not how it is. Everybody has the ability. It's whether or not we're willing to let ourselves go there, whatever there is, you know, at any given time, it doesn't, and it certainly doesn't have to be the same one thing forever and ever. Amen. Um, so I believe in that everybody has a creative self. I believe in, um, playing and resting and, um, seeking the things that delight our inner creative. So and it, that's what it was reminding me when you were explaining that it's like, I believe that we every day should be kind of like for no other external reason, just for nourishing our creative selves, delighting, finding the things that delight us, whether it is that rock, like when you said like the rock, I can sit there and delight in the texture and colors so easily, you know, and that's just for me. Hmm. And it's not for Instagram. It's not for, you know, anybody else. It is for nourishing my inner creative. And Mm -hmm. I think that beautifully kind of aligns with what you're saying. It's, and this seems very kind of trite, but it's, it's all there if we're willing to allow ourselves to enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, um, you also call yourself an inner child alchemist. I just want to, I would love for you to kind of explain that as well. And, um, maybe give an example of something that you maybe have people do to, I'm, I'm assuming when people first come to you, it's you're teaching them the concept and then gently guiding them into that. And I wonder what it would be like for you to that initial, like, softening like getting to that yeah oh so good (laughs) so I work with two primary archetypes with many nuance in between Um, but the wonder child and the wounded child are the 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 context that I'll I'll share for you now and the wonder wonder child is that inherent creative self that you're speaking to which is The part of us, we're all born with this innate curiosity, this innate openness. As children, we are deeply, deeply connected to it. Uh, Before the age of six and seven, we're mostly in in a theta brain state, which is the state that we can get to as adults using breath work or meditation, but it was an organic state for us as kids, and it prompted deep presence and curiosity and perspective. And the wounded child is all the layers of our being, all the different personalities we take on to protect ourselves from uh, moments in our childhood where that wonder, play, curiosity wasn't nurtured or it was like actually rejected and told that it was too much or it was not enough. And so the first thing, the first step essentially in beginning to do the alchemy work, which alchemy, the way I simply describe it, is taking parts that feel separate and creating a marriage of these parts in a way that lifts our awareness and our experience of ourselves into sensations of wholeness instead of separateness. It's taking these raw materials and doing this beautiful magical dance and creating cooperation and synergy and harmony so that we can feel more of ourselves versus feeling disconnection, isolation, loneliness, separateness. And so the the first piece is recognizing like we all have wounded layers and Mm. that it's totally normal and natural to have these parts of us that don't feel good enough. And and a lot of that is just like inherently woven into us having an ego, having the parts of our brain that are anchored in self-preservation and they're ancient and they haven't been updated in quite some time. Right. (laughs) So they're quite hypervigilant, meaning like most of the time we're walking around with our nervous systems activated as if we are unsafe, but 
it's really just a sense of we haven't learned how to navigate sensations of rejection. We haven't learned how to effectively navigate sensations of um, not being good enough. And I think, and I could go on a tangent for this, but the school system, the traditional school system in, in the West really, um, it doesn't support the creative brain. It doesn't support exploration. It doesn't support resilience around making mistakes and not having the right answer. So a lot of the initial work that I do with clients is, is reminding them that they were trained out of their inherent nature, their inherent genius. And probably something that you say to clients a lot, right, is like you have an inherent creative self, even if you feel disconnected from it right now. Right. So a lot of the alchemy that I do is about one awareness, so just like getting clear, what are your protective personalities? Who shows up? Who lives in your inner village? Who shows up to protect yes, you? Yes, I love safe? this. Keep going. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> and so, and then beginning to dialogue with these parts. So what I used to work with kids uh, for years before I started doing my own work and working and running my own business. And a big thing that I learned from working with kids and that, that children taught me is that presence and validation are the most powerful alchemical tools for a layer of our inner being that's feeling disconnected and not enough. And often I would just sit with children when they were crying or screaming and tantruming and let them know that I see them. Yeah. Being that, seen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I see you. I see that you're, you're crying. I see that you're angry and that's okay. And I would just breathe with them and next to them and occasionally offer them permission. Like you can scream into this pillow if you want, or it's okay to cry. And there, the, <laughs> magical thing with this is that I didn't do quote unquote do so much with their that particular wounded layer but it was just the act of like you said being seen and and validated that softened the intensity of that part of them and then they were able to come back into communion and connection with me once they fully moved that energy through their body yeah I would love to um comment here mm. because uh do you have children not yet. No. Okay. So I have two little kids. They're, um, five and seven, two little boys. And I find myself bumping up against my programming, right. As we all do, um, as we get older and we really start looking at the programming that is there that we didn't actually sign up for, but, um, and when it comes to like school, Mm. you know, I see it and, and I am not, I don't have the capacity to be like, I love the idea of unschooling, homeschooling. Like I love the concepts, Mm. but I don't have the capacity to do that for my children, Mm. you know? And so I'm trying my best as a parent to support their curiosity and their resilience and their, like my husband and I try and show them like not we want them to see the world as like available to them. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I internalized as a child, I had a very solid childhood. Um, there wasn't a lot of like excess. Um, we lived on a budget, but, but it was very consistent, very consistent. And the thing that um, there was not a lot of outside the box though, and which I feel like I bump up against now as an adult that I'm trying to push through, like sitting in the discomfort of something new or sitting in the discomfort. Um, but as a parent, my husband and I try to show them that like anything's available to them. If it interests them, it's available to them. And here's a little bit of how it works. And I think that, um, it's, it's challenging to be a parent, to be like a con to be consciously parenting your children, because Mm -hmm. if you're consciously parenting your children, you're also realizing the things that you were parented and the ways that you want to, you know, pivot and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting that, you know, as adults, we're trying to do this work on ourselves. And then I'm also raising humans at the same time. And I'm like, so grateful I'm doing this work for me because I can then immediately pass it on to them and save them 30 years of not having it in their brains. You know, it's really special and challenging at the same time. Special and challenging is a lovely way of (laughs) putting that in a nutshell. It's, it's deep work. 
And it's even deeper when you're, it's constantly being mirrored back to you, like what you're, what you're digesting and process. And, and, and the more you digest and process your own childhood, the more you notice it, it playing out in your kids too, like the patterns and the dynamics. Oh yeah. So like, that's a gift and a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Like I have um, a thing with perfectionism that I'm act that I've actively worked through the last few years and I'm still working on it. And I see my older child doesn't like to try things because he's afraid of not doing it well. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Like, don't start with that, you know, mindset. I really want you to just like try and be messy. And it's just really hard because it's like, be messy, right? One, okay. So perfect example. One day, I don't think you can see it. I have a painting on my wall. No, it's not. It's over there. That is just like, it was done with India ink and like a messy, um, paintbrush, just like a junky paintbrush. And me and my, at the time, like six-year-old were painting. And it was just like, the whole task was just to like, just play, like do whatever you want. We don't, this doesn't have to be perfect. Like it was kind of, it was for that reason. And so I started just making shapes and making lines and making more shapes and making lines and just like building this piece. And it ended up coming out pretty neat. But he was so like, he was like, that's how, how are you doing that? So perfect. And I'm just like, I'm not doing it perfect. I'm just doing, doing it randomly. Like I'm just making lines and, and bubbles and, you know, and he's just like, but it came out so good. And I'm like, I'm just doing, you know, like, and, and so the work that I do, I'm a hand lettering artist as well. And like the work that I do is really precise and I'll say it. I'm really good at it. Right. I mean, and so my kids see my work and they're just like, but you do it so perfectly. And I'm just like, but no, it's, you know, it's like, it's hard to explain that. It's like, I want it to look a certain way. So I'm working really hard and I'm going back to it every day to try and make it a little bit better. But like, we don't even try and use the word perfect in this house. It's like progress, you know, practice makes progress, not perfect, but man, it's hard to, it's hard to explain to little kids that like you, like I am refining a skill Mm. and that's different than being perfect at it, you know? Yeah. I love that you bring this up and that layer of perfectionism that you're working through. And my first thought when you saw that was like, yeah, me too. And I might always be working through. I feel that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Personality. And it's, well, Thank you for sharing and it feels connected to to this piece kind of going back to the way we were raised i, I went to traditional schooling i don't know if you did but yes. your kids sound like they're in more traditional yes. school settings and and so if you just think about a traditional school setting what do you get praised for in school yeah being quiet sitting still doing the right thing compliance. not taking risks yeah exactly compliance and and good good grades higher right. grades yeah, and even in um, even in art classes, I remember being in art class and we never really did a lot of abstract art. It was like the study of, of contrast, light and shadow shapes. And, and so there's a lot of focus on things that are more defined, things that are more linear that have like lines and sharp edges and can be- Like molded. right or wrong, like being right and being good at it and checking boxes. Yes, yeah. yes. Can you imagine if in a traditional school setting, you gave like a ton of paint to kids and we're just like, to like first graders and we're just like, do whatever you want. (laughs) Right. Be chaotic. An interesting little aside, um, because of COVID, my first grader, um, who luckily has been going to school full time since the beginning of the school year, but to minimize people going in and out of their lives all day, they switched to having their um, like one special for a month straight and then another special. So every day, instead of like Mondays is art, Tuesdays is health. They did art. They started with art and they did it for four weeks straight. And it was so cool to see the building of, of skills and excitement around something when they visited it every single day. I just thought that was really cool. And I said to the teacher, I was like, anytime there's like innovation or doing something different in school, I'm like, yes, 
it doesn't have to be done the way it's always been done. Like we don't work in the farms any in the fields anymore. Like, do we really need a full summer vacation? Like all of that kind of stuff. Like we're still subscribing to these old ways of being when they don't fit into our lives anymore like that, you know? And I think that's just the same type of analogy for like, just the way we grew up. Like it doesn't have to stay with us, even though it is there, we can work through it and have people in our lives like you that, um, help us like first open our eyes to it. Right. Like we can't change anything about ourselves if we don't understand it. And like from a loving place, right. I'm sure that's part of the foundation of your work, right. It has to come from a loving place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Compassion is one of the cornerstones for moving, uh, for integrating and maturing your, those layers of you that are scared of risk-taking and experimentation and getting out there and expressing in, in bigger, bolder ways. Right. One of the things that I think is notable too, is that play can often be anchored into a, a, like a very visceral sense of uh, not being safe for people who have anchored responsibility into their sense of purpose. Mm. I was just chatting with somebody, a couple clients who were either like the oldest child or lived in chaotic households and they became parentified at young ages, meaning like they had a lot of the household responsibility and they just happened to have the resources to regulate other people in their household and then took on that as their role. Like I'm the regulator and because I'm the regulator, that's, that's now my job. That's my identity. And so it becomes an, in this inherent part of who they know themselves to be, but creativity requires chaos. It requires mm-hmm. being in the unknown. It requires often dysregulation. It requires emoting at times to release stuck energy. So you can have the space for new information to come in Right. And so <laughs> to get from the, like this identity of being like, I'm quote unquote, the responsible one, and I'm the regulator, and I'm the support system to, oh, I'm the creator, actually, I can, I can release and get really messy. That can be a long process. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) I feel like you're, you know, who I am already. And that's exactly, that's exactly my thing. Like, I am not good at being messy. I am the first born, like, as soon as I was old enough to stay home with my brother instead of like them hiring a babysitter after school like it was all me I've been babysitting since you know I was like 12 and that is so so me and these last few years I'm I taught myself graphic design and hand lettering a few years ago and now also podcasting and um it's been really hard to be messy like ridiculously hard I don't it's like it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I know I need to do messy things and it's uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) Full stop. Like that's a full complete thought. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you for noting that because that is part of the collective healing is you being able to name that and own that me also being able to name it and own it. I'm only speaking from personal experience as well. Like I'm the, also the oldest of five kids and I I grew up with like a lot of trauma in my household. And so I understand what that feels like to feel like viscerally unsafe in falling apart in feeling emotions in crying in getting messy for a number of reasons. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple well, years yeah. ago, yeah, a couple years ago, I, um, I had just this kind of like realization I've been on this entrepreneurial journey for a while. Once I discovered hand lettering, I didn't really understand it was like such a thing until I, until, um, my dad was really sick and I was, um, using, like, I was like, oh, I got to release this stress. And so I started sketching and I've always, I've always gravitated towards letters. And, um, and so somehow I figured out that there's like a whole internet world of people that make beautiful letters. And I started make, I'm like, Oh, I, I can do that. Like I'm already doing that. I didn't even realize it was a thing. And I just started teaching myself and teaching myself. And, um, it's been very hard for me to put my work out there. And I have like, it's, 
it's like, I've had these blocks, which I don't understand. Like I can look at my work and say, wow, this is really good. Mm. And at the same breath, it's like, feels so unsafe to ask people to pay me for it. Mm. And it's just such an odd thing because, um, I've worked so, you know, I'm starting to, I'm launching my podcast. I'm launching my print shop. Like it's coming, but not, not, um, before it's been very hard to do all of that, you know, all while being a stay at home mom, by the way. So I feel like I'm doing it in like 17 minute increments. (laughs) That's a whole other (laughs) thing to navigate. Right. The stop and the start of creative flow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah, that's been one of my biggest challenges and and trying not to like hold on too tight. You know, what's been a really big challenge is like, um, prioritizing what lights me up like this work here, this moment right now, like the art that I'm creating for the podcast, this stuff is my work. This is my heart work. And I, it's my job to prioritize it. Right. Like I can't, I mean, of course my husband can support me in it and my kids are little, like, of course they can be like, yay, you're starting a podcast, but like, I'm the one that has to get up in the morning and make the time, you know, to, to journal, to work out, to do all the things that make me be able to show up here. And in a moment's notice, when I prioritize, like if I have something prioritized, like I'm going to take the next half hour and just like do this one task, in a moment's notice, that can be the last, it can be my first priority. And then so quickly be my last priority because somebody else needs me. And it feels like, like I have, I've been trying to figure out how to make it feel less like I'm abandoning myself, Mm. you know, over and over and over because, you know, my family needs me and little children just need so much support in, in all the things. And it's this weird, like, I know this, and yet, like, I don't want to keep, I, I don't want to keep letting myself down either because I grew up with a mom that put herself last mm. and totally like burnt out over the years and then really ended up struggling with mental health later in life because it's just her body was like fried and I'm learning those lessons. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been tragic and hard, but like there's lessons to be learned in the good and in the bad. Right. And for sure. And I'm trying to figure out how to nourish myself and put myself first Mm. while also being this like matriarch of the family. And I'm driving this train and this, you know, I can ask my husband to take over driving sometimes, but you know, I'm, I'm the one that's sitting in the driver's seat most of the time. And it can feel like I'm just letting myself down, you know, it can be so challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to celebrate and honor you for even stepping into this endeavor because so many mothers, especially don't even get to that threshold because of exactly what you're talking about, that, that navigation of being an individual and then also having birthed children that are inherently like intertwined in, oh in my gosh. It is like, it is a tethering. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm still a very like holistic mom. I breastfed my kids for a really long time. I like, I had my first child and breastfed until I had a second child and then also breast like and breastfed that child. And I stayed at home with them. And like, you want to talk about tethering? Like I have been tethered. And I just said this to my husband the other day or yesterday, I was like, do you understand that like you get to go out into the world whenever you want? I get to go out in the world when I check with you. Like when I get your support to do that. I, I mean, unless I'm bringing them with me, but by myself, I mean, you know, and I'm just like my feminist lady inside of me doesn't love that. Right. But it is just how the dynamics that we have right now. And also we live in the woods in Maine with no support and that's fine. Right. But, um, it's just, you know, I feel this, I've been trying so hard, not hard. 
I've been trying so well to nourish myself and to honor my needs and like take good care of myself. So then my creativity can, can visit. I can be a vessel that is like nourished. I see creativity kind of like um, your creative self, kind of like compost. And it's like, you can take all these different pieces like play and all these things that delight you and resting. And you just like all these seemingly unrelated things and you put them in the soil and you just mix it all up and give it time. And then it's just like this super fertile place for things to grow from. And that's how I feel like my creative self is. And the more I do these nourishing things, you know, that are like seemingly unrelated, I am so much more available for my creativity. Can you speak to that? You look like you can. (laughs) So much is sparking. I'm just deeply appreciating your sharing of just the realness of navigating motherhood and then having this creative spirit and these other babies that you want to birth into the world, your podcast. That is so true. Thank you for honoring that because it feels like, you know, especially since I didn't go to art school, I am not practiced in putting my work out into the world. So I feel like it's extra scary and extra just extra to, 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 to get to this point. Like I have had to learn so much and get so comfortable to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And now I am like finally ready. And also it's in six months, both my kids are in school full time for the first time ever. And it's like, that's my finish line. And actually I had a really interesting moment yesterday when I was writing my bio for, I was on another podcast and I I took out the stay at home mama. And I just was like, I'm a mom of two boys. Like I don't have to identify with being a stay at home mom anymore Mm. because I'm working. Look at me. Like I'm working right now. And it's, it's really awesome. I feel really, I'm have like full body chills because I have built this right. Like nobody's given me this, anything I have dreamed this up and, um, yeah, it's, it's really special. And I'm really grateful to be here with you. Can you speak to creativity a little bit more and how you nourish your creative self? What are some things? Oh, well, so one of the things that I wanted to note as you're speaking, I'm, I was just conscious of like all of the unspoken things you've done to get to this point where you're integrating your business and this creation work. And one of the things that I, I notice, and you probably see this too, because you mentioned right before we jumped on, like, you know, a lot of creative people, but they don't identify necessarily as creative. That's the first piece is starting to become a detective of how you already are a creative person, <laughs> how you already are um, somebody who plays with life, how you already are somebody who is resilient. And so my favorite most Uh, one of the most important practices and like home plays that I give and suggest and invite clients into is a self-celebration practice where at the end of the day, you run through your day and you just get curious about everything you did in the spirit of your life force energy. And that could be as simple as like, I went on a walk or I drank some extra um, water in the morning, or I took a deep breath here and there. And so for me, that is really important to be noting because often, again, we're only acknowledging ourselves when we've achieved some merit that feels like it's notable to society or to, yes, our, parents yes. or to our whatever idea of successes. And so part of being uh, somebody who's creative and who takes creative risks, we have to we have to see ourselves as courageous people if we are going to see ourselves mm. as creatives because being creative is inherently courageous. It takes a willingness to step outside the box and be in the moment and unplug from all of our childhood programming and society stuff. (laughs) So I did, I read a a study back in grad school and it was all about the science of behavior change. And one of the most important valuables, um, not valuables, variables that determined whether or not somebody could change their behavior and step outside the box of their routine was a belief that they had the capacity to change their behavior. And, and that I believe 
ripples out into whether or not we create uh, in bigger ways, in more bolder ways, is we first inherently need a belief that we can create and that we are creators. And we need to mine for all the ways in which we are. And, and again, creativity, like you said, it, it's so simple. I, I think creativity is birthed in curiosity, just like yeah. the willingness to like, instead of thinking like, you know, what you're looking at or what the day's going to be like, dropping all of that, like erasing the etcher sketch in your mind and looking everything like you were a child again, through the eyes of a child, like wondering again, marinating and staring at those rocks, like slowing down your eating tasting things in a different way, seeing color in a different way, engaging with your senses in a different way. It's so, it can be so simple. Same thing as play. Play can be so, so simple. I think play and creativity are connected. Yeah. Yeah. I think they both, I think they both can get you into that place of flow and, and pure, like being present. Um, I think that's what the, the kind of, that's what it, that's what the mat where the magic is, is because you're just completely present. And one thing that I've been doing for a couple of years now, uh, while I'm a stay at home mom, I don't like play with my kids all day long. Right. Like, let's yeah. be honest, who does that? Yeah. So I was finding that I was actually not giving them all that much like quality attention, you know, I was always there, but you know, and so I started scheduling and and a big thing that we do in my family that I do, uh, inherently I brand everything like, and I, it's helpful for the kids because then they know, like, this is the thing, like dad's famous popcorn or like, I mean, there's a hundred of them, but specifically I do mama playtime. We have family Lego build. Like we do these certain times where we like, and I schedule it, you know, every morning when my first grader gets on the bus and I'm home with my five-year-old. Uh, we do mama playtime right after he gets on the bus. So then his cups filled for a little while and he can go off and play by himself after that. And, you know, I feel like, you know, here's the, the box checker in me, but like, I feel like I've done what I needed to do with him. And then I can go move on to, and be a little bit more available for the next task for me, but play is not easy. It's, it's like, it sounds like it should be easy, right? Like just play, but it's not, I don't think, I think a lot of people probably feel like, well, what, what am I going to do? Like, what is the play and how do you meet that resist? Do you, I'm sure you find that resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the simplest things that you can do is just start pattern interrupting your routine and your mm-hmm. habit. You know, if you brush your teeth a certain way, brush it a different way. If you brush your teeth in silence, put on a song, maybe shake your yeah dance I one of the ways that I pattern interrupt is I just make silly faces throughout the day anytime I notice that I'm overthinking I I've also created a character which is something I do with clients is like I create characters that's around my protective layers as well as my like empowered layers but uh rumination Rhonda shows up a lot and she likes to overthink and overanalyze and rehearse things over and over in her mind. So when I notice she's emerging, I will make a silly face. Mm. And for me, that- That's all it takes, yeah. All it takes, it's a pattern interrupt. It stops the loop and it moves me outside of that box into more spaciousness, into more of myself. Yeah, and I guess it's like a, it brings you, like it makes you aware of the behavior that you're in. And like gives it, yeah, separates it away from you. I do that when I uh, am writing and I find that I'm like editing and creating at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I've been trying to give that editor just like a persona and be like, it's cool. It's not your turn yet. We don't need you here right now. We're just creating. I will call you in. Just go wait outside the door. I'll call you in in a little bit and we'll go and edit the shit out of this thing. But not yet. Not yet. I think yeah, personifying the things that give us struggles is, is such a easy way to kind of, it, it's almost like a back door. I definitely feel like that's great. There's one more thing. I know we're running out of time, but there's one more thing I just wanted to touch on. Um, and you said it before, but it's worth repeating that you're a multi-passionate and I am a multi-passionate and I feel like 
once Marie Forleo, do you know who that is? Yeah. Uh, once she released her book, everything is figure outable. And she was the first person that coined that term multi-passionate to me. And it like, it unlocked something inside of me. I went from feeling like I could never figure out my thing. Like what's my thing. I can do so many things really well. Um, which, you know, is really nice that I can do a lot of things well, but if I have shame around not being able to pick one thing, then what's the point? you know, of being able to do all these beautiful things when I'm not even letting myself enjoy it. Yeah. Right. And so I think I can see that you are a multi-passionate and I guess I just, part of my mission is to remind people that they have a creative self. And that I think that, I think we're all multi-passionate. It's like, who just likes one thing, right? Like who just, and I think that it's, um, it's doing us all a disservice when, we just try and fit into one little box. And I want to encourage people to do all the things we can do all the things. We don't have to monetize all the things, you know, like we can just do things that bring us joy. We are allowed to just play and seek the things that delight us. And, um, and when you kind of came into my orbit immediately was like, okay, cool. There's another person like me, you know, another woman like me, good, bring her in. And it's just really nice to see another multi-passionate. I like watching your content because you just do a great job with letting your personality just be fully there and letting your light shine. And, um, I noticed you said in your bio, all of you is allowed. That's like one of your things. So if we if I would love for you to speak on that and then we can wrap it up, but that just feels like a great place to end. Mm, the all of you is allowed piece. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's that. Uh. That's it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I frame it in a way of saying like, like I'm like, stop dimming your light, just let your light shine. And it's the same. Yeah. If um... I feel like I'm about to make, like make a radical statement, but I feel like if, if we allowed every layer of our being, if we didn't resist any layer of our being and we did that with everybody, like if, if we just, if that was like an inherent thing that collectively as a culture we were working through and working on, we would have um, just such a radically different society. One that was full of, creativity and cooperation. I think most of the pain and prejudice and personal difficulty, collective difficulty in the world stems from rejection of certain layers of our being, whether that's, yeah. of, you know, dogma, belief systems, duality. But I have found in my practice that the reason people come to me is because I have this transmission of play, but then they stay because they're like, I feel so allowed. I feel so spacious. I feel like you have given me permission to love myself and accept myself in such a deep way. And it never creates um, acceptance of those like visceral, like sticky, shameful layers, like the parts of us that have the potential to murder or be just like really, really destructive. There's this myth that when we allow those parts that they will, they will take over but it's only in the resistance of those layers that they, they maintain their power because they just want to be seen, heard, validated. And so that's, that's just like, like a foundation of my work is allowing, allowing everything and cultivating wholeness. Yes. Yes. I think that when we shine our light on the dark spots, it can only create more light the more light that we can have and the less shadows that we can have, the more fully we can stand in our fullness Mm -hmm. and uh, we're all better for it. We're all better for it. So um, this has been a delight. You are, I'm so glad that we crossed paths and I asked you to be here. This was a great conversation. Can you tell us a little bit of where we can find you? I've been really enjoying your podcast, by the way. I've been doing a little binging and the Art of Aliveness podcast. It's lovely. So you've got a great radio voice or podcast voice for sure. (laughs) Oh, and I I failed to mention that last night I took your breathwork class or ceremony, right? Is that what you called it? Yeah. And um, so I've done breathwork like 
through the inner, like through videos and stuff like that, but never in a, a live space like that. And it was so cool that you just do your thing and channel. And it was really, it was really special. I loved it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. One of the things that I do is I facilitate breath work and I do those um, via live ceremonies. I have a little community. Um, so yeah, so you can find me at, let's start at my website, art, the art of aliveness.com, my podcast. I have, um, if you go to, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at come alive with Chrissy Marie. And there's a little link in my bio to a couple of like my free things. I have a little video on cultivating courage, using humor and embodiment. I go deeper. I give some like really practical tools that you can use. So that would be a fun thing to check out. Um, and then Voyagers is my membership, my breathwork membership. And we go deeper. I give a lot of content on how to train your nervous system to feel safe in stretchy, sensational situations when we're expressing ourselves. Um, and then I have deeper journeys as well. You can access one-to-one work with me via that link if you're curious about diving deeper. So beautiful. So beautiful. What beautiful offerings. It's like this beautiful, robust. I f- also feel like the right people find you, right? Like the people that are ready to do the work mm-hmm. will find you. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I look forward to getting to know you even more. Thank you, love. All right. Oh my gosh. Wasn't that such a great conversation? I knew from the moment I met her that we would just drop in and connect. And I I feel like this was one of my best conversations I've had in a while. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a screenshot of it and put us on your stories. Tag us in it and let us know what, what really resonated. If you are inspired to go play, please tag us. Please DM us. Let us know this is what really, you know, resonated. I am having so much fun doing this podcast. Episode number eight. I'm so proud of myself. I'm still just just sitting in the excitement of this being a new thing. And um, I hope I'm encouraging you to try something new too. This is a long time coming trying new thing, right? Like I've been learning how to edit and what my style is and how to do all this stuff behind the scenes for the last like two years. But now I'm really kind of standing fully with my light shining and I'm just here to report. It feels amazing. So I hope I'm encouraging you to take that risk. Just do it. Just go out. Go create something go revel in your own creativity go be go be stunned and delighted by the beautiful things you make and just say yes say yes to inspiration say yes to going and playing this conversation really really did it for me i'm definitely going to be listening back so uh head on over to cocotheinspirationist.com the print shop is open and this season's print is just unbelievably gorgeous. I put countless hours into it. It is my pride and joy right now. So if this resonates with you, if you find that the mantra, let it be easy, that got me through some really dark times, got me through over the starting line for this podcast and got me to right here being here with you, if that feels like you want to have that in your home if you need that reminder please head over to the shop there's two sizes they're easily frameable by going over to home goods or ikea it's all just that easy so anyways until next time i hope you guys have a great great week and i'll talk to you soon